Welcome to Movement Scientist, and that was Taylor Swift with her LGBTQ anthem, You Need to Calm Down. Very nice song, and what a best way to have a song like that when we are going to be discussing about the... Um, we're going to be discussing about movements. This is Movement Scientist. And today, the movement of the week is going to be Rastafarianism. And Rastafarianism is 
our movement of the week. As we said, we'll be doing very many, um, all the movements in the world every week. A movement a week. And you know what a movement is. A movement is like wind. It's a spirit. And all movements in the world are spirits. And everybody is a part of a movement. Yes, you are. when you're a Christian, you're a part of the Christian movement. When you're a Muslim, you're a part of the Muslim, Islamic movement. When you are gay, you are part of the LGBTQ movement. When you are black, you are part of the Black Lives Matter movement. Even if you don't say you belong to Black Lives Matter, you are part of it because you're black. You see, all that matters is that do you identify to the main identify char- identification character in the movement? That's all that matters. And that's what I've said. Even if you, you can be gay and you're not very active in the LGBTQ movement, but you are in the movement because you are gay. Okay? And you even Rastafari, as we're doing them right now, we want to do the Rastafari movement. And it is an Abrahamic religion. That developed in Jamaica during the 1930s. Scholars of religion and related fields have classified it as both a new religious movement and a social movement. So you can see it belongs to the, there are different classes, four classes of movements in the movement science or in social science. The art movement the religious movement, the political movement, and the social movement. So some movements belong to more than one movement. And the Rastafarian movement belongs to two movements. That is the religious movement, and not just a religious movement, but the new religious movement and a social movement. There is no central authority in control of the movement and much diversity exists among practitioners who are known as Rastafari, Rastafarians or Rastas. So they also have their they also have their diversity much as they do not have a central authority. Okay, that's good. Now Rastas refer to their beliefs which are Based on a specific interpretation of the Bible as Rastology, Central is a monotheistic belief in a single God, referred to as Jah, who partially resides within each individual. Now, I like that understanding of Rastafari, that God partially resides within each individual. Well, theirs is partially, but I believe God fully lives in everybody and everybody and um what do i mean by fully it's that he is uh um when you mean by what i mean by fully is that he's he can never come in part you know of course the the rastafarian definition could be scientifically right for this purpose and Cosmic powers are very powerful. I mean, if they all fully live in you, you know, you can even explode. I mean, it's it's beyond understanding. So it could be they could be right 
that he partially resides, God partially resides within each individual. And what I could say in different levels, you know, some people have more God than others, more Jah, you know, than others. And so, but what I agree with is that he resides within each individual. That's very true. And I support it 100% on that basis. Now, Hale Selassie, the emperor of Ethiopia between 1930 and 1974, is given central importance. So this was the emperor of Ethiopia. Many Rastas regard him as an incarnation of Jah on earth and as the second coming of Jesus Christ, another figure whom practitioners revere. So Hale Selassie is seen as Jesus Christ because they believe that the reincarnation the incarnation of Jah on earth is Jesus Christ. And I also, I also believe that. I believe that if Jesus Christ is real, I mean, was a real person on earth, then he is the incarnation of Jah. And as I've been discussing, those of you who know me from other channels, they know that I, I have the ability to create enough religions and interpretations. So one of them I can create is that God or Jah, because now we're talking about Rastafarianism, Jah, my man, you know, Jah comes in different forms in different times and centuries. And so he came... One form was Jesus, the other form was Horace, the other form was Martin Luther, the other form was all of these people who have existed heroes in, the, uh, in our history. Any hero in our history was the incarnation. You can say is an incarnation of Jah, but there's a catch. Some people may feel like, no, Martin Luther should not be cannot be filled with Jah because he may have said some things that were hurtful. And others may say, no, uh, Malcolm X may not be an incarnation of Jah because of blah, blah, blah. And everybody will have their view. So basically, um, what I can say, anybody can have a theory, but for the Rastafarians, their understanding is Hail Selassie, the emperor of Ethiopia, the country that was never colonized, is the reincarnation of Jah on earth. And I can say, I can also agree with that. I can't refuse it because, you see, God dwells in everybody, but there are some people who are loaded with cosmic power to the point that they are actually Jah in human form. And that's what could be Hail Selassie. Other Rastas regard Hail Selassie not as Jah incarnate. So you can see there's a difference of thought. They don't all believe, they don't follow. Uh, they are not uniform. They are diverse. Diversity is the nature of life. It's part of life, you know. And other Rastas regard Hail Selassie not as Jah incarnate, but as a human prophet who fully recognized the inner divinity in every individual. I love this theology of inner, inner divinity. Very good. Rastafari is Afrocentric 
and focuses its attention on the African diaspora, which it believes is oppressed with Western society or Babylon. Now, that's where I, I am a bit different. I don't agree with the Rastafarian <laughs> belief uh, that Western society is Babylon, you know, for a reason. Um, first of all, Babylon can mean many things, you know. Babylon can mean... Babylon can mean... Um, like in the, Catholic, in the Protestant movement... Babylon meant the Catholic Church. In Israel, Babylon meant the Roman Empire. In, in Islam, they don't say Babylon, they say Boko Haram. You know, like in Nigeria, Boko Haram called Western society Haram, you know, evil. And so this is a problem we are having in Africa there's a lot of anti-Westernism because of all the, the misunderstanding about Western sciences and Western society. And they, they believe that the Africans are oppressed within Western society or Babylon. And I've told you, I don't. Now there's where I can depart from them. I don't hold that belief. Because I believe the whole world is Babylon. We are, and Babylon in a good way, you know. Babylon means the gate of God. Babel or Babel. It means the gate of God. Bab. And in some African languages, it is similar to the word pap. And pap meaning the field. So the field of God. And therefore, Babylon, if you speak in the local language, like in East Africa, uh, the Luos, they have a word called a pap, and that called the field. So, and history shows Luos are very closely related to uh, the Hebrews and the Babylonians in language, and the Arabs. So, they have been ancient. They're ancient tribes, and not only Luos. Almost all African tribes have, because of their ancient nature, they are part of, um, they are the ancient, they are the ancient origins of almost all the ancient civilizations of the world. Like Da, the world started in Africa. So, for the Luos, they have that word called Pap, and Pap is similar to Bab. And in Babylon, Bab meant gate, you know, open, very big gates. They used to build big gates. And so there was Babylon. And they have the Ishtar gate. They have three gates for their three gods, just like Egypt. Everything, they copied from each other. They, was, they were one. So there was nothing strange. And so you have Bab-il, meaning the gate of God. But now when you... When you understand it in the low way, in the low African way, it is it makes more sense because it's pap il or pap el, meaning the field of God. It was an open field where they built the city of Babylon, of Babel, and according to Windsor, our friend, Babylonians were black. So it depends what you want to call Babylon. All right, that's enough of at least we're giving you some history. 
about Babylon. Now, many Rastas called for the resettlement of African diaspora in either Ethiopia or Africa more widely, referring to this continent as a promised land of Zion. Rastas refer to their practices as liberty. Okay, let's go on. Um, they believe Africa is Zion and it's a promised land. Okay, they are partly right. Israel is in Africa. Yes, there is no sea that divides Israel from Egypt. And secondly, the Israelis of today are actually part of Africa and very many African populations because genetically they share the same genetic groups that are found in Africa. So... Why did I have to say that? So that people don't feel like there's a temptation that we must invade Israel to remove the Israelis. No, they are part of Israel and therefore they are part of Africa. So there's no problem. No need to invade them. Some of them came back white because of history. They, they married white people in Europe and then they came back when the World War II happened they had to come back home. And genetic science, which people are attacking as Babylon, is saying the truth. Because genetically, you find this white Jew has the same genetic makeup as a black Jew. It's unbelievable. It's thoroughly unbelievable. And so they are coming back to Israel based on science. And so... And the other science is that Israel is part of Africa. There is no sea that divides Africa from Israel. And in fact, Africa is united to Asia and Europe. Because there is no sea that divides Africa from Europe. Yes, go and look at the map. It's very clear. You can walk to Europe and Asia without crossing a sea. And that's the beauty of the world. The world used to be one continental plate, one land and water on the side. Then they divided. That's the scientists who have said that happened. All right. So Zion is Africa. Uh, and as I've told you, Israel is part of Africa. It's just because of the skin color, people feel like they are not united, but they're actually united. Yes, if they, if they, in fact, as time goes on, when people understand genetics, then disunity will disappear because we will now know who we, we are actually one. Now, Rastas have communion meetings known as groundations and are typified by music, chanting, discussions, and the smoking of cannabis, the latter being referred as a sacrament with beneficial properties. Yes, this is a smoking of cannabis. They allow it and it's for religious purposes. And of course, the beauty of uh, entheogens, they take you to another level and that shows you how they know the power of drugs. It's like LSD. And I'm not against any drug that has benefits, you know. Marijuana is okay. It has been proven to be okay. 
And so very soon, the countries of the world are going to legalize marijuana. And people are like, no, that's bad. And I'm saying it's not bad. And they say, but what about the drug addicts? I said, if you're a drug addict, take him to rehab. That is what Joe Biden said in the debates that have taken place this week. He just said, if you become a drug addict, don't go to prison. I don't know if it was Joe Biden or, my, or uh, uh, Andrew Young, one of the two. They said, don't take a drug addict to prison. Take him to rehab. And that's what I front. They will even need to build rehabs. They don't build no schools anymore. All they build will be rehab, rehab. You know, now we are, we are remixing Lucky Dube, a Rastafarian, and his favorite song. I love it. It's my best song from him. Uh, I'm a prisoner, you know. They don't build no school anymore. All they build is prison, prison. And so now, instead of prison, they'll be building rehab, rehab. And I want them also to build lab, lab, you know, AI lab, AI, AI, AI. <laughs> and uh, yes, okay. Rastas place emphasis on what they regard as living naturally, adhering to idol dietary requirements, twisting their hair into dreadlocks, and following patriarchal gender roles. So they tend to be very patriarchal, you know, the father, the man, and they like twisting their hair into red locks. Rastafari originated among impoverished and socially disenfranchised Afro-Jamaican communities in 1930s Jamaica. Its Afrocentric ideology was largely a reaction against Jamaica's then dominant British colonial culture. It was influenced by both Ethiopianism and Back to Africa movement promoted by black nationalist figures like Marcus Garvey. So Rastafari originated amongst African Jamaicans. It was not African in origin. It was Caribbean in origin. And this was because they were trying to fight the dominant British colonial culture that was very heavy at that time and so in response this was it was in the 1930s the same time italy attacked ethiopia and wanted to colonize ethiopia and it didn't work and so they were inspired by what happened in ethiopia that ethiopia was not colonized and has never been so they said there must be something special in Ethiopia. And it is true. Ethiopia is very special. First of all, I told you it is a black Israel. Purely black Israel. And there are Israelis who have even been shipped from Ethiopia to Israel for that reason. And because of Sheba, of course Queen Sheba, and other historical connections. If you read the Bible... Ethiopia and Israel, they were one. They were one. There was there was really nothing. There was not very many differences like we have today. You know, one of the reasons we suffer today is because many years have gone. Thousands of years have passed ever since those relationships. So things have changed until people can't even understand that there were black people in the palaces of Israel. Yes. 
they don't even understand that the people in Israel were brown and that the white Jew is a recent Jew. Yes, because the white, if you look at the genetics, I don't want to go into genetics right now, but if you look at genetics, the white Jew started appearing when the Greeks came to Israel and they started in fact even greeks yes greeks are belong to the some of them belong to the genetic group of uh the european so until the jews dispersed just like we're talking about african diaspora there's jewish diaspora so when the jews dispersed to europe they married europeans and some of them not all of them because jews tend to be endogamous they don't like mixing but some of them mixed, and then that's what led to the white Jew, like the Ashkenazis and the Sephardic. All right. So, the movement developed after several Christian clergymen, Leonard Howell, proclaimed that Hail Saras's crowning as emperor in 1930 fulfilled a biblical prophecy. And by the 1950s, Rastafari's countercultural stance has brought the movement into conflict with wider Jamaican society, including violent clashes with law enforcement. In 1960s and 70s, it gained respectability within Jamaica and greater visibility abroad through the popularity of Rasta-inspired musicians, reggae musicians like Bob Marley. Great guy. I love his music. It's very nice. Very nice music, especially uh, Buffalo Soldier. I mean, and what's this a song? Get up, stand up, get up for your rights. Oh, he was a great guy. And a redemption song, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. How long shall they kill our prophets? You know, very beautiful singing by Bob Marley and Lucky Doobie. Those are my two favorites. From there, I, I rest. <laughs> okay. Of course, I have other friends. Uh, there's a musician I like. She's called e Ifrika. Ifrika. Yeah, she's good. I like her. I like her music too. And her nice songs. Yeah, after that, I don't really... I've not really been spending a lot of time listening to reggae music. But I can understand that. Now, Rasta movement is decentralized and organized on a largely cellular base. There are several denominations or mansions of Rastafari, the most prominent of which are the Nyabingi, Bobo Ashanti, and the Twelve Tribes of Israel, each offering a different interpretation of a Rasta belief. So I want you to understand this about a movement. Movements have different interpretations. They don't have to follow one interpretation. So you can see Nyabingi is different from Bobo Ashanti and the 12 tribes of Israel. So every movement has different interpretations. Same to Christianity. And I've told you now with the AI age, my God, you know, we are going to have countless interpretations for each movement. So it's done. It's finished. The world is gone. We are individuals and we can color ourselves with us many movements as we want so enjoy yourself go out be free it's gone it's done ai has finished it 
you can have a billion interpretations in Rastafari and a billion interpretations in 12 tribes of Israel and a billion interpretations in Bobo Ashanti. And there are how many movements in the world? Over 100,000. <laughs> so multiply a billion times 100,000. That's how many interpretations you can have in each and every movement. There are an estimated 700,000 to 1 million Rastas across the world. The largest population is in Jamaica. In Jamaica. And... It's not necessarily African, but it's a mix of the Caribbean lifestyle. Ras means duke or prince, Why Tafari Makonen was the name of uh, Hail Selassie. So that's why they are Rastafari and they are following prince or duke Tafari. Tafar, if it's in Arabic. Okay. What are their beliefs? And they, they believe, their beliefs are open, are fluid and relaxed. And they have been going through changes. So they have never had a firm catechism or creed. Emphasis is placed on the idea that personal and experience and intuitive understanding should be used to determine the truth or validity of a particular belief or practice. So they believe in personal experience and intuition. No Rasta, therefore, has the authority to declare what beliefs and practices are orthodox, that means to be followed, and which are heterodox. The conviction that Rastafari has no dogma is so strong that it has itself become something of a dogma. Yes, and I, I, I support that. They don't need to be dogmatic. You know, if they become the problem of identity movements is when they are very dogmatic, they can become violent because they they will be following a creed. You know, it's like it's like what happened in the Old Testament. Moses passed the law and all he needed was people who followed him. And one of them was his nephew called Phineas. And when the man and the woman were having sex, he went and speared them to death and Moses blessed him. You see, that was because Moses wanted his law to be a dogma. Mohammed did the same and he killed all those people who did not accept his way, you know, who wanted to continue worshipping idols. He killed them. That is a sign of a dogmatic man, you know. And same to Elijah. He killed the prophets of Baal because those people were not following his God, Yahweh. And so that's what you need to know about the problem of dogmatic movement. So it's good they are not dogmatic. It's also influenced by Judeo-Christian beliefs, the Bible, and this is... And the problem, they adopt a literal interpretation of its contents. Now, this is the danger of the Bible and the Quran. People adopt literal interpretation. It's the easiest interpretation and the worst. 
because it's so easy to understand and people use it to fight. That's what has been attacking homosexuals. The people use literal interpretation to attack gay people, lesbians, because they say it is a sin. You know, they are so literal. And that's not how it's supposed to be. The Bible is to be interpreted um, to be interpreted allegorically. The more allegorical you are, or principally, when you interpret the Bible principally, meaning just look for principles or historically, like the, the verses to do with the sex, homosexuality and other things, they need to interpret them historically. Yes, not to interpret them literally. So, but to tell you the truth, out there, interpretations fly and fly. And I always tell gay people, irrespective of any interpretation, you're still gay. You know, that's what you need to understand. <laughs> According to the anthropologist Stephen D. Glazier, Rasta approaches to the Bible result in the religion being highly Protestant in outlook. Yes, because Protestants tend to be literalists. You see, they are literalists. The Catholic Church does not take a literal approach of the Bible. And that's what I like about the Catholics. They, they have a balance. They know how to read the Bible. And secondly, the Bible is not read. The Bible is not read with by the people. That's the Catholic rule, and I think it's the best rule ever. Sometimes I feel like the we regret the Bible being in the hands of everybody. It is what has led to the confusion. Because in the Catholic Church, it's only the priests who are trained how to preach. So they will give the interpretation. And so it's a good way of, it's organized. You see, no, no member of the Catholic Church will wake up and say that you are wrong. Because he has not gone to school. So he can't open his mouth and declare that. But for Protestants, everybody can read the Bible. And so anybody can say they, 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 that they are right. And, and that is dangerous. And so... This is what Stephen Glazier is warning Rastafarians to be careful not to take a very Protestant uh, outlook of the Bible, which is literal. Okay? Rastas regard the Bible as an authentic account of early black history and their place as God's favored people. They believe that the Bible is originally written on stone in the Ethiopian language of Amharic. Now, that one is uh, <laughs> it can be disputed because you know i'm having a problem with this word the bible because the bible is written in more than one language it is even in greek and aramaic and hebrew and so it's a bit uh, disputable that um, the bible was written in amharic you know because it was written in greek you know, that's what people need to understand about the uh, about the Bible, you know. So I laugh when people say that the Bible has to be, uh, that it is written 
as um, that is written in Amharic. No, of course you can translate in Amharic. Okay. For the Rastas, the Bible is therefore viewed as the key to understanding the past and the present and for predicting the future. Okay, for me, I also see the Bible as that. I read it as a historical book. And not a historical book, a time book. Because I'm able to know human nature, how humans behave, you know. Humans behave, what you see in the Bible is human behavior. It's psychology. Humans kill. Humans love. Humans party. Humans have sex. Humans get sad. Humans kill themselves. All of that is in the Bible. Humans fight. You know, humans eat. Humans grow old. Humans die. Humans get born. Humans quarrel. All of that is in the Bible. So it's a good book to read. But in the past, I used to advise people to read it once, many times. But now, I've read it. Don't need to read it again. Yes, you need to read other things like science. Uh, you need to read a lot of science. You need to read a lot of uh, biology, a lot of art. So don't, don't fix yourself so much on the Bible. That's my position. Okay. The Bible's final book, the book of Revelation, is widely regarded as the most important part for Rastas, having a particular significance for the situation. Of course, they take it very seriously uh, because they believe it reveals what is happening right now in the world. And they have other works like the Promise Key, the Holy PB, and the Royal Parchment Scroll of Black Supremacy. So they also have supremacy theology or doctrine just like the whites. You know, the whites also have some whites, not all whites, and some blacks, not all blacks, uh, have white and black supremacy beliefs where they believe that the whites are supreme or the blacks are supreme. Rastafari are monotheists. Of course, we discussed that. They worship Jah. So, Jesus of Nazareth is important, but they, de they reject the traditional depiction of Jesus Christ, of him being a white European, believing this is a perversion of the truth. They believe Jesus was a black African and that he was a Rasta. Um, of course, I am not scared whether Jesus is black or white. That is not um, my concern. Of course, as I've told you, genetically, Jesus is not a white man, but he's mostly, when you look at an Arab and an African, he is that, he's within that range. He's not necessarily Caucasian. And, but I tell people, um, that has nothing to do with, um, it's, you see, all of this thing that Jesus is not white is just based on racism and uh, the fact that people don't like whites because, and especially Rastafarianism, they don't like whites. And I'm like, no, you can't say that. Jesus said he's died for everybody, you know, even white people. 
So that's what you need to understand. He has died for white people, black people. Even if you're a black man, he's died for everybody. So relax, you know, relax. That's what a, a, a Tanzanian singer says. Just relax. You know, everything is fine. Jesus died for everybody. Okay. One recurring saying among our sufferings is that the Pope is Satan. And you're like, oh my God. You see, so everybody has that. <laughs> Don't worry. You know, people have their beliefs. And I know this is a very sensitive uh, channel because people value their beliefs. And we don't, we're not going to make, we're not making fun of your beliefs. We're just like, oh, come on, don't take it so seriously, you know. And that's what I'm saying. We don't, we don't want you to take it seriously. Be relaxed because sincerely look at it. If God was so angry with you for, if God was so angry with the Pope, I mean, he would have killed him by now. The, the Catholic Church would have collapsed, but it's still there. And yet you have said that God partially resides in everybody. <laughs> so that's what happens. And Rastas belong to this. Now there are Rastas who belong to the 12 tribes of Israel. And they say that Jesus is Yeshua and Jesus Christos and believe that his second coming is imminent. Accordingly, they do not share the view of the other Rastas that Hail Selassie was the second coming of Jesus. So there are some Rastas who believe Hail Selassie was Jesus. And the 12 tribes of Israel, Rastas, they believe that Jesus is Yahshua and he is coming again very soon. Now, Hail Selassie came from the Makonen dynasty, which claims descent from Solomon and Queen Sheba, a belief that many Rastas share. Understandings of how Selassie relates to Jesus and differ among Rastas. Many, although not all, view the Ethiopian king as the second coming of Jesus. The manifestation um, in in this Hail Selassie is also believed to be the Messiah predicted in the biblical Old Testament, the manifestation of God in human form and the living God. Some perceive him as part of the Trinity of God alongside God and the Holy Spirit, which is sometimes referred to among Rastas, the breath within the temple. Among those Rastas in claiming a link between the two figures, some point to the belief that both Jesus and Hail Selassie were descendants from the royal line of David. Rastas also cite the interpretation of Revelation 19. So they are still, um, this is still about the deification of Hail Selassie, and all of that and i'm like okay that's what you believe fine so they have afrocentrism and the belief that zion is in africa and that They believe that black Africans or Rastas are either the descendants or reincarnations of the ancient people of Israel. Rastafari espouses the view that the true identity of black Africans has been lost and needs to be reclaimed. Okay. 
and Rastafarian's view European colonialism and global capitalism as manifestations of Babylon, while police and soldiers are viewed as its agents. So I've already discussed this about Babylon, so no need to talk much about it. Okay, so there's a lot here being said. Of course, how the Rastas view the slavery of the black people. Of course, it was, it was suffering, and that is very true. And they feel like um, they were um, in the suffering. They, they want to destroy Babylon because of all that suffering. And they chant Babylon down and seeking. And they are critical of Western resources extraction from Africa for all of those reasons. But um, basically what you need to understand about what is happening in the world, you know, the irony of a movement that is a, against somebody, they use that person's things, you know. <laughs> And that's what I, it is the reality of the world. So you just look at, we're, when we're looking at this movement, so just studying, just letting you make aware about what many people around you believe in. And that's what we are sharing with you right now. Okay. So uh, basically that's all about Rastafarians. Of course, it's just one form of belief and philosophy and they are a millenarianist movement as they espouse the idea that the present age will come to an, an apocalyptic end with the babylon destroyed rastas believe that humanity will be ushered into a new age in the 1980s rastas believed that the world would end around 2000 in this day of judgment, Babylon will be overthrown and Rastas will be chosen few who survive. Okay, so there you are. They also believe the world is coming to an end. So they're millenarian. Okay. In keeping their views of death, Rastas eschew celebrating physical death and often avoid funerals also repudiating the practice of ancestor veneration that is common among African traditional religions. So they depart from Africa, which is very weird. They do not worship their ancestors as Africans do. They promote the idea of living naturally, you know, And they believe that the Westerners have uh, de have become debilitated and slothful and decadent because of technological development. So that's their view about um, the West. But as I've told you, there's nothing wrong with being decadent. 
Yes, that's what I'm saying. People should be free to be who they are. If you want technological development, please do it, you know. I have told people, the irony of all of this, these guys use social media platforms. They use technology to say all of these things. And I'm like, what is that? You know, so... um, And I am a supporter of um, positive aspects of Western technology in life. And like you see right now, I have this radio channel. It is because of that technology. I can't abuse it. You know, I can't say it's bad. It is helping me out. So there is nothing really (laughs) decadent about that. But anyway, people have their right to have their opinions. And so we are just studying the different opinions of the Rastafarians. They promote, when it comes to gender roles and sexuality, they promote patriarchy and the idea that women should submit to male leadership. External observers, including Kashmore, have claimed that Rastafari accords women an inferior position to men. Rastafari women usually accept this subordinate position and regard it their duty to obey their men. Maureen Rowe says that women were willing to join the religion despite its restrictions because they value the life of structure and discipline it provided. Rasta discourse often presents women as morally weak and susceptible to deception by evil and claims that they are impure during the period of menstruation. Now, of course, these views are beginning to change, especially amongst those who are reading. You know, when you're reading... A woman cannot be impure because of menstruation because even a man is impure when he releases sperms. I mean, what I mean by that, if you say a woman is impure, then a man is also impure. So basically, it's nothing to do with impurity. It's blood and sperms. So they are just natural products from your body that are coming out because of natural processes. Yes, so what is happening now? I'm telling you what is happening. The, the, what, this is what's happening. Um, the world is being liberated. And so very many people are leaving closet, closed boxes. Even within movements, if you put yourself in a closed box... Some people are going to leave. Not all of them. There are some people who love the whole being closed up in the box and being a mental slave of a system. You know, every movement is a system and every system can enslave you. Can. Not will or enslaves you, but can enslave you. You can be in a system or a movement that doesn't really enslave you. So you can leave, you can... They don't hold you. But there are some movements that hold you. and But those movements are coming to an end because of science and knowledge. Of course, they encourage... Um, men to be in the family even though women these days the common situation 
of um, single mothers is there. They also ban contraception and abortion and claim in Rasa discourse that these were inventions of Babylon created to decrease the black African birth rate. And they are also very hostile to homosexuality, regarding homosexuals as evil and unnatural. Sheila Kitzinger suggested that this horror of homosexuality may be an indication of a heterosexuality which is not markedly pronounced among Jamaican practitioners. I like that. I like that. Yes, there are very many gays in Rastafarianism. I believe that. You know, the, the beauty of homosexuality is that it does not know your ideology or your beliefs. <laughs> it does not know your ideology or beliefs. So, because of that, it... Um, because of that, you can be a Rasta and gay, you know. Yes. You can be you can be a gay pastor. You can be all of those things because it is natural. It's in your system. It's in your blood. So that's what you need to understand. These ideologies, they do nothing. They can't change you because that's a biological identity, okay? Same to bisexuality and same to heterosexuality. You know, because if you say that a religion can change you to, from a homosexual to a heterosexual, then it means you can change a heterosexual to a homosexual, which is also impossible. Because all of them are natural states of sexuality. And we are born that way. Okay, thank you Lady Gaga for that. So guys, thank you so much. That was Rastafarianism, the movement of the week. And in, can you imagine in the astrological month of leo wonderful because leo is a lion and they love talking about the lion so we leave you with the lion in zion which is a famous song sung astrophariance we'll see you next time this is by bob marley Iron, Lion, Zion.